We are joined in this segment by Ward 3 Alderwoman Doris Turner. Alderwoman Turner, good morning to you. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm good. And you know, it was raining cats and dogs. And then when you called, the the, the rain went away. The sun started shining. Oh. So, <laughs> hey, you, wow. you guys just brought all this sunshine into my life this morning. No, thank no. you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how long it's going to last because we got those thunderstorms in the forecast for the next uh, it's well, It's next Illinois. It's going to last so. 10 minutes. It's always the way it is in Illinois, right? I'm excited yeah, about the mild temperatures. I like 80 degrees. That's about the sweet I'm, spot. I know this this heat has just been killing it's been me. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on at City Hall, uh, as always. No, there isn't. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys always keep it interesting. Uh, no question about it. Um, and uh, there's a lot we want to get to uh, in the limited time we have, of course. But uh, let's talk a bit about this uh, this this proposal, this package of sorts um, uh, that would ultimately bring in. Uh, some some training elements and even some um, various uh, elements when it comes to uh, review of employee conduct and even punishments all uh, around the idea of anti-racism and uh, increasing the amount of diversity uh, in in City Hall. Uh, so I guess if you could just kind of unpack that for us. What are we looking at? Well, you know, let me just say that race and racism is a very uncomfortable subject that's difficult for most to engage in an open and honest public conversation. So, um, you know, as a public health professional and subject matter expert on minority health and how disparate treatment impacts the totality of a community's quality of life, I think it's important that everyone understand the significant impact of these measures. So what we have is an amendment to the mayor's uh, resolution. And these are basically guidelines, and now the mayor is charged with putting the meat on the bones and breathing life into them. I think it's, it's um, you know, noteworthy that I say that the amendments were passed and the amended resolution was placed on the consent agenda with six co-sponsors. And Alderman Redpath and Fulgenzi weren't there, so I think that it's pretty evident that the entire city council is very supportive of moving um, in this in this direction. Um, you know, the mayor offered a, and we've been talking about this for a while, and the mayor offered this anti-racism, anti-violence, and anti-hatred resolution. And it was a good, and it was a good res, it was a good resolution, and everybody was this, supported. Was this the one that was based off of um, like the Illinois Chiefs of Police and the NAACP? No, this or? is a this is a separate. This, oh, okay. no, this is a different, uh, right. this is a different one. Okay, yeah, this is a different one, and um, you know everybody agreed with it. But you know, I just felt like again, as with the resolution that you just referenced, it was just a lot of words, and you know, it didn't it didn't really move us move us towards any goalposts. And right. so with, and so, you know, uh, I have been talking for a while about offering some ordinances that I felt would move us towards a goalpost of equity and, um, and, and uh, equitable treatment in city government. And I just felt like that instead of offering up new ordinances, this, resolution would be a good vehicle for that. 
Yeah, typically uh, resolutions that are offered up in any governing body, uh, you know, they are just work. <laughs> I mean, th- yeah. some of them are very important. Some of them could come with costs, like if it's a resolution about a you know a, a new flag or something along those lines. So there there, there could mm-hmm. be some things to it. But yeah, what you laid out uh, Tuesday and what is now on the consent agenda, it wasn't just you know uh, uh, guideline principles on how to interact with the public type thing. There there were actually. Right. Uh, you know, training standards laid out. There were um, uh, evaluation standards laid out and even punishment standards laid out. I want to start with how this is going to possibly impact uh, city employees. And that's one thing that uh, Alderman Hanauer uh, was was asking about. And uh, do you feel that uh, it's going to be a bit to try to get these things through uh, the unions involved in all of the various uh, city employment? I really don't because I think that there's nothing here that is most of it is is very common sense and what a lot of other well not a lot of what most other organizations and governmental bodies already have in place. I was really surprised that the city of Springfield doesn't already have some measures in place for how to deal with situations where employees feel like that they have been um, treated unfairly or have been bullied in other ways by other employees. There was nothing there. There are a number of instances where employees have have complained about uh, racially charged situations in the workplace, and there was nothing there was nothing there in order to offer them some type of of remedy. So, you know, during my tenure at the Department of Public Health, I was charged with developing and implementing cultural competence training for all employees. And with that training, the director required accountability. So training alone is, in my opinion, creating an impotent situation. Perhaps uh, there's no training that can change the hearts and minds of employees and commissioners. However, if there is a responsibility to provide accurate and transformational transformative training and make it applicable to the organization and the workplace and hold everybody accountable. And I think accountability is the key. And that was the piece that had, that was lacking. You know, the, the city has been offering some form of, they were calling it cultural diversity training. And, um, and I think, you know, that's a good first step, but once you, had the cultural diversity training, I think you then you move into the cultural competence training and then uh, make people understand how their actions in the workplace relate to the overall, uh, you know, organization and the overall target community and people are held accountable for uh, for their actions. Alderwoman Doris Turner joins us uh, talking about uh, a resolution that's uh, making its way through the city council to uh, bring about uh, some new training standards, some new evaluation standards, and even uh, some teeth for enforcing things when it comes to anti-racism. Uh, I do want to drill down just a little bit here on the the training aspect. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to disagree that everybody needs to do more to uh, develop more empathy, uh, better understanding, uh, stronger communication skills where we can actually have good positive dialogue instead of you know shouting over each other type of thing. I don't think anybody's going to uh, disagree with that. I do think, though, that you know when it c- comes down to how these things are discussed or what exactly is discussed, um, how are we going to go about getting that training material? Where is that going to come from? Is it going to be developed locally? Or are we going to go to a third-party vendor? Uh, and how do we ensure that it doesn't devolve into... 
something that uh, you know would possibly do you know damage uh, to relations um, amongst everybody. Well, you know, you know, as I said before, these are guidelines, and it's the mayor's responsibility to then come and put the teeth into it. There are a number of different training curriculums that are out there. And so I think it becomes incumbent upon the mayor and his staff to, uh, you know, do their research and make those determinations. And and I would also say that when you talk about the, this type of training and this type, this level of accountability, uh, you know, everybody's not going to be happy with it. And because we all, you know, let's just be honest, we all have our own biases and we all have our own preconceived notions about about things and about people and about situations and that's fine and and you know whatever you do and say and how you operate within um, your own personal life is one thing but when we talk about uh, the workplace and how you are charged with delivering services and how you are charged with interacting with your coworkers and your subordinates as well as your superiors, that becomes a whole different level of accountability. So, um, you know, one of the things that has always, you know, kind of got my goat about the idea of training is that it, we always have this training that's this touchy-feely, uh, you know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And we all need to get along. We can't, again, I can't make you change your attitude about any certain race of people or any certain individual. But what I can do, if I am uh, the leader of an organization, is I can hold you accountable with how you operate within the organization. And I think that this is what um, this particular part of the um, uh, amendment is meant to do hold people accountable as to how they operate within the organization. Alderwoman Doris Turner is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Alderwoman, you mentioned the fact that it's a personal life is one thing and the professional life is other, but we have seen people in in the department use their personal life, their Facebook page, to make insightful statements and stuff that are wrong. I mean, certainly I understand where you're getting at, but shouldn't people be using this training in their personal life as well as in their professional life um you know it there is always there's always the hope that when people uh, go through this training and they will have an epiphany they will have an enlightenment and they will be able to uh understand and address and confront uh some of their biases and 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 the way that they are are thinking um however i can't guarantee that and i can't mandate that but you know what I can't what we should do be doing is holding people accountable with the how they operate within um as I said within the organization you know uh, again, people come with their own internal biases, their own preconceived notions, the way that their own uh world view, and sometimes if you are never confronted with uh, a, situ- uh, a situation that allows you to delve into that and take a deeper dive into it, you, you don't have a, perhaps a deeper understanding. You know, there are there are some individuals 
that never have never come in contact with someone of a different race or a different culture until they went to college or until they started working. Um, and, you know, that's, that's something to really uh, take into consideration when people come into the workplace. And, and you know, I, I had an individual who was a manager within um, Department of Public Health. He was highly educated. And uh, we were having a conversation, and he said to me, uh, we were having a conversation about um, uh, uh, about violence and 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 um, those types of things. And he said to me, "Well, I know that African Americans c- commit most of the violent acts because I've seen it on cops." So you know, for a lot of people, and think about that. And I know that when people hear you say that, you know, they kind of giggle and they laugh. But think about it. A lot of people, the only, the only information that they have about African-Americans is what they see on cops, is what they see on TV. So, and then they bring that with them into the, into the workplace. So when you talk about cultural competence training, there's an opportunity for people to take a deep dive into, in, into those type of things that may have been drilled down uh, within them that they never had an opportunity to, to talk about or yeah. take a deep look and, into. And you talked about uh, accountability, and that's kind of a, a good transition here into uh, the final thing I want to uh, get your reaction to. Um, you know, take your alder woman hat off and put on your uh, county uh, chair uh, hat. What should happen with Speaker Madigan? You know all the ins and outs. He's the party chair for the state, uh, he's the Speaker of the House, he's embroiled in this. What should happen? You know, you you make a huge, again, we were just talking about assumptions. You made a huge assumption. I know all the ins and outs. I don't know all the ins and outs. <laughs> you haven't read the deferred prosecution agreement all, yet? I, all the don't, I, don't, I don't know all the ins sure, and outs. Sure, okay. Understood. All I Understood. know, and, and let me go back to what I just said about my highly educated white <laughs> colleague, that the only information he had about blacks was what he saw on cops. The only information I have about this, situation involving the speaker is what I have seen in the newspaper and what I have seen in, um, in the media. So I don't have all of the information. And, um, you know, I think that it would be irresponsible of me to comment on that because I don't have all the information. But if he, it's, I mean, it's a tough spot. Um, because I mean, it, 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 there's a deferred prosecution agreement out there where he's implicated. He hasn't been charged with anything, but um, he's implicated in it. Uh, d- what kind of standards should we hold uh, the speaker to? And even uh, as a party chair, uh, what kind of standards should we hold him to? You know, I think there are all kinds of situations where people are implicated. We have we have dozens of people that are now sitting in county jail awaiting trial because they have been implicated how many of those people after they go to trial will be unimplicated and sent home to their families but still have this this uh you know thing hanging over their heads that they were implicated and 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 spent time in jail awaiting their day in court so i am not going to pile on to that uh you know gang mentality i'm going to say that i don't have all of the information and it would be irresponsible of me to try to tell someone what they should do or shouldn't do uh, without 
without having all of that information, Understood. I would never I would never want someone to prejudge me on what they've seen in the newspaper or what they've seen on TV and then tell me what I should or should not do. And I'm not going to uh, impose that on Speaker Madigan. Alder Woman, apologize for making that assumption about uh, knowing the ins and outs and greatly appreciate uh, the time you took with us this morning. And hopefully that sun stays out for you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Alder Woman Turner. Okay. Uh-huh.